builder or any other commercial lender. Wake up, everyone. It's time for the Steve Noble Show, where biblical Christianity meets the everyday issues of life in your home, at work, and even in politics. Steve is an ordinary man who believes in an extraordinary God. And on his show, there's plenty of grace and lots of truth, but no sacred cows. Call Steve now at 866-34-TRUTH. That's 866-34-TRUTH. Or check him out online at thestevenobleshow.com. And now, here's your host, Steve Noble. Welcome back. Welcome back. Hope you had a great 4th of July celebration yesterday. It was uh, fairly chill for the older folks at the Noble House. And then our son, Clay, had about 15 of his buddies over there. So they were barbecuing, which up in the Midwest means you're cooking hamburgers and hot dogs down here in North Carolina. That's uh, barbecue is like pork with your terrible vinegar uh, sauce. So that that's just a an affront to God, but we'll talk about that some other day. Uh, but a good uh, 4th of July, and my wife and I, in order to avoid the crowd at our house, went over to see uh, the last Indiana Jones movie, which actually was better than what I expected. It's been getting hammered in the press, but we actually enjoyed it. It's very nostalgic for people, <clears throat> quote-unquote, our age. Uh, so that was fun, but I hope you had a great 4th uh, of July and our good friend David Fisher at Landmark Capital. We're going to do a full Money Monday today as we just passed the first Monday of July. And uh, it sounds like you had a great 4th, David, maybe a little too much dessert, but I'm looking forward to that one recipe. It's good to have you back. How are you? Yeah, three. I normally don't eat dessert and uh, haven't done that for the last six weeks trying to, you know, work out, getting back yeah. in shape, get my weight under control. And I had three pieces of pie, shame <laughs> on me. Yes, I must pray for me. The spirit of gluttony came over me. I resisted it having the fourth piece. So I guess I still have grace here. <laughs> you fought the good fight. Well, that was three pieces, three different pies though, correct? Yes, one yes. was uh, a cherry pie. I love, this is my favorite pie is cherry pie. Don't tell my wife me this too. though, because you know, she knows cherry pie is my favorite. And I love pineapple upside down cake. Mm. So they had that at this get together we were at and my wife makes this fantastic recipe of a no-bake pie which has coconut pineapple cream cheese oh, and man. whipping cream that's the one i want cracker crust <laughs> well see to me david uh being a connoisseur of all things sweet to me that's not gluttony that's just you loving your neighbor well i mean <laughs> i mean these people made in the image of god that went through all the trouble to make these beautiful desserts if you had refused to try that, that would have been decidedly unloving. So I think that wasn't gluttonous. I think it was loving of you to do that. Of course, well, we'll there's, there's a price to pay sometimes when it comes to love. <laughs> I'll compound that grace. I gave much more grace back to my fellow uh, brothers and sisters when I refused the fourth piece. I said they needed to get up <laughs> to speed with me with three pieces first. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Well, I'm glad uh, you guys had a great day and, and thanks for being here. So we're going to do uh, a little bit of a, a six-month update. We're halfway into the year. We'll do that. And then some interesting uh, figures to understand inflation relative to the 4th of July. We'll talk about the debt ceiling, what's been going on since that. And then eventually, of course, we'll talk about uh, our friends in terms of precious metals and, and the uh, price of uh, gold and how that's tied to the national debt. But let's just start uh, just with kind of a general six-month update. We're six months into the year. How are we doing? Uh, so let's do the paper index first. Uh, the S&P up 16%. The NASDAQ twice as much, 13 or 32%. The Dow only 3.8%. At least it's not negative. 
before we move to gold and silver, let's just dissect this for a second. So the S&P 500 has 500 companies. But here's how I want you to understand how they mislead us and weight this inappropriately. The top four companies represent 23% of that index. Huh. Yeah, and it's those a companies skewed. are Apple, Microsoft, Amazon, and NVIDIA. The top 70% or excuse me, 70% of the companies in that index of the 500. So 70% of them are underperforming the index. I did the data, the study this morning. This is independent from a company that you can go online and find this out. And it's called um, Slick uh, Charts. Slick Charts, you can get all the data. NASDAQ has 100 companies in it. And again, the top four companies, the same top four that's in the S&P or in the NASDAQ. And they make up 38%, 38% of the index. Wow. And then 67 companies out of the 100, or in other words, two-thirds, are underperforming the index. So the when you go to the Dow, though, the indexes are somewhat weighted equally. There's not this big four companies choosing them, using them as the barometer, and, and forgetting the other, you know, hundreds of other companies. So I'm going to speculate. If the NASDAQ and the S&P were weighted like the Dow, we would probably have the increases similar to the Dow at 3.8%. So this is why when I talk to people, they say, well, my stock, my portfolio is not going up anything like the index. <laughs> well, that's why, because yeah. it's misleading. Gold it and silver, gold is up 5.6% in paper, but the physical market, there's two markets that or in the mainstream ones, 14.2% in one index, and the other one is better data gold, 21%. Wow. And in silver, is down 4.3% by paper, but up physical in Morgan dollars, 13.2%. So what is paper gold versus actual gold? So when you buy gold, like you bought gold from our company, right. you, we sent you no paper, we sent you physical gold. Same with your silver, you've got physical silver. Yeah, which I love. We don't deal in paper. If you're going to buying a, a control market you're betting on paper you're buying a a contract on paper it's not the same as owning gold just like it's like saying hey i'm going to buy shares in coca-cola no coca-cola truck says hey where do you want me to park these pallets of coke <laughs> right, right. so paper didn't perform that well in silver performed fairly okay in gold but the physical markets are completely much higher the moral of the story, diversification is the key. I've right, always said right, that. Yeah. It's outperformed many of the stocks already, but this is not about performance really in gold and silver. It's more about protection, but I think we're going to see much better returns in the future if I had to speculate. And I'm not a financial advisor or guru about this, but it looks like all the things I'm reading, Steve, gold and silver is the place you're going to want to have some of your monies. And people are saying that who don't own a gold and silver company. Right. Yeah. And you, you're always, uh, I, I, I love quotes in general. I use them a lot uh, on this show. And, and you'll always bring those in every week when we're doing updates. And of course, uh, usually shows up when we do a full money Monday at the beginning of the month. But uh, yeah, there's a lot of people out there that aren't, they don't run a, a gold and silver company like you do, but they're talking about and, and acting on the acquisition 
of gold in order to balance out a portfolio. And, that, and that's the whole point, diversification, which we talk about all the time. And thank you for that warning about stock indexes. They're heavily weighted uh, to the biggest companies in there. And that throws off your understanding of what's actually going on. So you can have what, what the market says, and then you can have your individual experience. That's why wisdom, as always, is so important. We're talking to David Fisher for a full show. We'll be right back. Welcome back. It's Steve Noble, the Steve Noble Show on the heels of the 4th of July, celebrating our independence, which is just yesterday. Do you long for the 4th of July's uh, of long ago, like maybe, I don't know, three years ago, four years ago, because uh, the price that we're all paying uh, on a number of levels is a whole lot different now than it was uh, three or four years ago. So your July 4th activities four years ago, uh, when we had a different president uh, and before covid uh, probably were a little different than they were yesterday. If you had a, a barbecue or you went to one, whatever the case may be. So we'll look at some infl inflationary stuff relative to the July 4th, uh, David, because that's where we all live down here in the real world, as opposed to the people up in the Fed or the people up in D.C. that have lost contact with us a long time ago. But we're talking to David Fisher, of course, our good friend from Landmark Capital. LandmarkGold.com is his website, as always, Landmark Gold. Com, just doing a little bit of a six-month update and now looking at inflation, which is real. And I think despite what the president or anybody in his administration says, uh, it's still an issue. So, so let's look at this as it relates to July 4th. So the National Retail Federation uh, does an annual survey on the 4th of July. And uh, they're saying last, first of all, they're saying this year, they're projecting about 65% of the people will either go to a picnic or a party or host one. The average cost on food per person last year was $84.12. They're not talking about beverages, just flat out food. Yeah. Um, that seems kind of high I, I'm looking, I'm, when I was reading this. This year, though, they're projecting it's up. Uh, $93.34. They did a, in the study, they looked at 2014 food spending annually for the U.S. Gov, uh, US country, $6.3 billion. Today, it's $9.5 billion. Whoa. What the key thing I'm seeing here in the report is the average food cost increased 23% last year to this year the wow. largest increase on record since they've been collecting data that's now, wild that's wild isn't it i'm going to give a warning if you see the biden administration saying food prices are down here's why boneless chicken breasts also usually bought around this time yeah wholesale prices have plunged 60 percent so if you see one of the 70-person social media team unleash a barrage of tweets or media announcements saying this wild, far-fetched idea that food prices are down, they're going to cite chicken breasts, unfortunately. That's the only thing that I could find in this report. <laughs> Good news for the American people. The wholesale price of chicken breasts has plummeted, which means the Biden uh, economy is working. 
I'm sure we'll be seeing some of those tweets. <laughs> the last time I checked, which was yesterday, uh, when I went to the store, David, at about 5.30 in the evening to buy uh, the ingredients for my not-so-world-famous guacamole. I, I'm pretty sure I saw more in the store than just chicken breasts. Yeah, I'm, I'm, there's there's a slew of probably discounts and prices over the 4th of July. But right. even with those, I think the prices are still higher yeah. than what they were a year ago. Yeah, and again, there, there's what we're told by the mainstream media and by the White House. And then there's what we're, we experience on a daily basis. When you go shopping, when you buy regular staples for your lives... And, and I think we all know, wow, I still have that reaction at the grocery store. I'm still like, oh, my goodness, this stuff is so expensive. I look at what's in my, uh, when I check out, and I wouldn't put it in the bank because I do the self-checkout. And I go like, I just shake my head. like, I can't believe how I get so much little for the dollar now right. when it comes to grocery shopping. But that's that's the reality. That's the new reality that we're living in, and I don't think it's going to change substantially in the near future, unfortunately. No, no, we're going to be living that living in that reality for a while. Uh, <clears throat> we haven't talked to, you know, they, they obviously raised the debt limit uh, a month ago, and the Repu some Republicans acting like that was a big win, others saying, no, you caved. But what's been going on since then? So this is a staggering report. According uh, to this report, <laughs> and this is coming from the Treasury the Congressional Budget Office was completely ultra, ultra, way too conservative in their projections on where we would be within a month. So here, the national debt has spiked $851 billion in the last month. We're now at $32.3 trillion. The Treasury has only partially been refilled. We thought they were going to fully refill it, and we still spiked $851 billion. They're saying the tax receipts were lower, and now the Treasury is projecting between now and the end of our fiscal year, which is the end of September, just three months away, they're going to issue an additional $733 billion of new debt beyond what our normal spending is. Let's put this into perspective. Let's do simple math. $851 billion already. To project in $733 billion, we've got to pay interest on this. That's at 5% now. That's $80, $80 billion. That's $1.67 trillion in three months. We have a problem, obviously. Now, when we look at the spending of the Biden administration in the last three years, or two and a half years, 4.5 trillion dollars that's averaging 1.8 trillion dollars a year some people are going to say well if we would have had trump in office that would have been all different now before you send me all these hate emails <laughs> i am definitely not for the biden administration and i wouldn't think twice there's not a cell in my body let's have president let's have trump in office instead of what we have now yep. on every level yep Agreed. Well, let's look at the numbers. Take away the emotion and hear me out. I just did the figures. under, And I have a chart. I can send it to you, Steve. It's, right. This is not my report. I'm looking at the report. $7.3 trillion was the last 
three years of spending under Trump. That's an average of $2.4 trillion when you go apples to apples of Biden to Trump. So Trump spent more. But hear me out before you turn me off and go somewhere else. What this is not factoring in is two things under the Biden administration. All these bills that were passed, they passed them, but that doesn't mean the money's been spent yet. Right. So that's coming in the pipeline. Mm -hmm. Under the Trump administration, interest rates were a quarter of a point. Now we're at 5%. So the interest rate is drastically different. Yep. And we have a much more spending president than we have when, when Trump was in office. So I'm going to say speculation, but I think I'm going to be spot on. Under the Biden administration, he's going to surpass by far the Trump administration and by far the Obama administration, which was the greatest spending yeah. year to date under a full, full term. So massive spending, massive financial problems for our country. Yep. The Congressional Budget Office was completely wrong. So yeah, the these, Treasury. these numbers I are nuts. it would be much more. Yeah, we're going to pick it up there when we come back with David Fisher. Right after this, shocking, just earlier this year in the spring when I was still teaching, I had classes. I said, hey, we're coming up on 31 and a half trillion. Now we're at 32.3. We'll be right back. I woke up this morning and I heard the news. I know the pain of a heart. I don't have answers and neither do you I know the pain of a heart Welcome back at Steve Noble the Steve Noble show a full money Monday here at the first week of the month in July and with the holiday we were uh <clears throat> Through off until today, so it's Wednesday, July 5th, doing our full show with our good friend David Fisher from Landmark Capital. LandmarkGold.com is his website, as always, LandmarkGold.com. And it really is amazing. I, I said right after the we hit the break, David, that even with the, the classes I was teaching in the spring, uh, which was a whopping, you know, three months ago, four months ago. At the time, you know, this stuff, the national debt numbers are always kind of on the tip of my tongue. I'm like, hey, we're, we're about to hit $31.5 trillion. And now we're at 32.3 trillion, and it's amazing how we're going to jump up uh, about a little over 1.6 trillion in just three months. The Congressional Budget Office with another oops, and uh, after the debt ceiling raised, and and they all just like the Republicans up there, which you got to throw the Republicans under the bus, and McCarthy and those guys all act like they're doing uh, making some serious strides to deal with our debt problem. That's a joke. And that's when you have to understand when they say, hey, we're going to cut hundreds of billions here and hundreds of billions of there. And we're going to save uh, we're going to lower the deficit by one point seven trillion over the next 10 years. What they're saying is they're going to slow down the, the growth of the deficit by one point seven trillion over 10 years. That's one that's one hundred and seventy billion a year, which is a joke because we spend one hundred and seventy billion in about 10 days. And so you have to understand the numbers so that the, when they're throwing things at you with the happy thumbs up emoji, you know it's garbage. And you're like, that's a joke. Hey, we're going to cut what, 300 billion here and 300 billion there. I always think in terms of 15 or 16 billion dollars a day, which is what the federal government spends. So when they send anything when they say anything in the mainstream media, the White House, David, I always convert it into days. <clears throat> and until they get to something that's going to actually deal you say, hey, we're going to we're going to low. We're, we're not just going to slow the rate of the growth of the deficit. We're actually going to over the next 30 years, we believe we can get the deficit under control. Then I'm like, OK, somebody got sober up there. 
They didn't get drunk on cherry pie or whatever. And they're actually talking <laughs> uh, sensible. But they know that they, none of them have the backbone to tell the truth to the American people. So you have to go find it on your own. You're not going to get it from the mainstream media. You're not even really getting much information from conservative media on this subject, which is why it's always so alarming to me how ignorant people are about this. And it is a big deal. And 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 now we we kind of talk about the other shoe dropping, David. Uh, but how will we know when this national debt issue has gotten to the point where the Titanic is starting the 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 front end of the Titanic or the back end of the Titanic starting to come out of the water? Like, what are some of the things that are going to show us this has really gotten to the level where uh, <clears throat> we're taking on water and we're taking it on fast? Because we're not there yet. Well, I think we already surpassed that mm. from a standpoint conceptually. Conceptually, it just right. hasn't it hasn't been admitted publicly yet. Right. But conceptually, it's we're already past that. And here's a here's a mile post that remember we were talking a couple of years or when President Trump was in office mm -hmm. and the federal budget deficit was $440 billion. And I said on your program, watch, we're going to be at a trillion dollars. And we were just kind of like both shook our head. I had a report on that. And I go like, I don't even know how we can get to that. Right. That's what we were talking about just like four years ago. I'm looking at the national debt. We're at 1.6. We're $636 billion beyond what beyond. we thought was unfathomable. Yeah. So that's one of the the mileposts that says we've we've passed this surpassed of this whole thing. The interest rate on on top of that is now approaching a trillion dollars. Nine hundred eighty nine billion is what the Congressional Budget Office. I one never year. thought we would get to that. Right, we're here. Yeah, it's insane. And so this is when all the foreigners are just massively selling the dollar, which now they are like never before. I never thought, you know, four years ago when we were talking, we'd be at that level where there's just mass exited from the dollar and there's all these alternative currency and a yep. new currency is coming out that's going to be gold-backed currency, which is a devalue or a dollar de-dollarization. It's being announced on August 22nd through the 24th. That could be a big milepost. That could be maybe the nail in the coffin that says this is going to all change radically yeah. and fast and furious at that point. Yeah. And then you think, uh, you think inflation at the grocery store in 4th of July is bad now. Uh, I, I don't think any of us in our, well, we haven't in our in our lifetime, haven't experienced hyperinflation. We haven't been no. in Venezuela, but the, the, but the, 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 the table is certainly being set uh, to allow us to go there. And, and that's a, that's a you're living in Indonesia and all of a sudden there's an earthquake uh, several hundred miles away. And the next thing you know, your whole country's underwater. And that was about a quarter of a million people died that day when the tsunami hit Indonesia. And, and you got to know it's coming, uh, which is why this is such an important topic. And, and praise the Lord, David, for you and I and for probably most of the people listening to us right now. Uh, we have a future and a hope that's been guaranteed. And so we have to live in the here and the now. We have to be good stewards of all this, which is why the Bible talks so much about money and possessions. But eventually uh, it will be meaningless and it won't matter. But we're not there yet. So in the meantime, we have to be good stewards of all this, which is why we appreciate our time with you every week. Uh, and it's such a blessing. And I know it's been such a, a great source of education for so many people. So thank you, as always, for that. We've, we've always reported, uh, you know, previous warning signs. Things are going to get worse. Any other new things kind of popping up on the radar screen, David, that... 
I, you know, I hate to be a Debbie Downer all the time, but that's the reality of the subject. But anything else going on that we need to be aware of just in terms of kind of showing us storm clouds on the horizon? Yeah, uh, bankruptcies or uh, filings are reporting a significant increase. Um, Bloomberg says filings for bankruptcy has risen sharply despite credit sped, uh, spreads idling for the most of the year. In other words, the cost of actually getting that loan hasn't, if you have a loan uh, in a company or you're an individual, uh, despite those haven't changed much, bankruptcy filings are spiking. Uh, they also noted in the in this report by Bloomberg that we're at the beginning of this business cycle. He says in the report, when we get to the peak, that's the end of a recession. We're not even in a recession yet. So when the recession starts, it's not if, more like when, we will have higher bankruptcies then than now, and they're spiking now. Yeah. And they're going to spike even more during the end of the, re uh, when we get to the end of the recession. So that's one report. And then the other report, ironically, is from the Federal Reserve. So hmm. here you hear the chairman saying everything's all fine and great. But here's the report behind the scenes by two economists at the Federal Reserve, Ander Perez, or V, and Yannick Timmer, revealed that there's an unprecedented number of distressed companies that could collapse due to the recent interest rate increases. The analysis is showing one third, more than one third, 37% of non-financial, in other words, no, not banks right, here, right. non-financial US companies are in currently financial distress. Distress means close to default is what they were saying. They're saying this is the highest it's ever been, higher than 2008, Whoa. higher than the 70s with double-digit inflations. And to put the, the situation in perspective, there's going to be more rate increases is what the projections are, maybe one or two more rate cycles going higher. In other words, the impact of this tightening of the cycle could be much worse than what we experienced yeah. in our adult life which was 2008. I can't imagine that. No. But that's what the Federal Reserve report is saying. Yeah, at least two of them are willing to be honest with some of the facts. <laughs> so I appreciate that, as shocking as it is. Uh, praise the Lord that somebody was willing to uh, talk about the truth. And and I want to make sure we're going to come into the final segment here in a couple minutes, but uh, I want to make sure we, we understand kind of this relationship between what's going on with the uh, national debt, uh, $32,333,179,000,000. And I'm looking at it right now in real time. It goes up hundred grand about every five seconds. Okay, so every five seconds it goes up $100,000, uh, <clears throat> which is every minute it's going up about a million. Okay, so just think about that over the course of 4 to 5 p.m. Eastern time. 60 minutes, the, the national debt would go up by $60 million in one hour. Uh, and, and so it's just crazy to look at that. But do we always look at this? Because we see that the national debt, David, and we'll just tee this up. We're going to hit the break here in a minute. We see the national debt going up and up and up and up. Uh, yet on the other side of this conversation, which we'll get into in the last segment, uh, the price of gold can fluctuate. It's not like constantly going up. It's not constantly going down. So I want to make sure we kind of understand and get into this directly or indirectly how the price of gold is tied to the national debt. 
because I want people to be able to understand as as we quote unquote read the tea leaves and look at what's going on in the world. What does what is that relationship and in how much do we have to factor in other things to understand as a part of a portfolio, a diversified portfolio where you have precious metals, actual things that you have in your hand. You put it in a safe, you get it in a safety deposit box, whatever the case may be versus the national debt, which is going to continue to go up. And in uh, 50 years, it'll be about 200 trillion which means it's only 32.3 trillion right now. And does that mean as it goes up by a factor of 100, does gold go up by a factor of 100? Let's try to understand that because we want to know the right place for gold and silver in a balanced portfolio. Talking to David Fisher, LandmarkGold.com. We'll be right back. Far apart. Like two minutes? <laughs> <laughs> okay, you can kill the music since it's a minute and a half late. Thank you. Uh, so how do we understand this relationship between our debt train wreck here in the country and what's going on with the price of gold? And I you know, throw silver in there, but predominantly gold. Help us understand this. So it's not an absolute correlation, but there is a strong connection. Think of it as this, like a, a very strong rubber band between the national debt as it goes up and gold, the price of gold, it's pulling the national, pulling the price of gold up. Sometimes there's a big gap between that and the rubber band is really tight. And it means there's too much pressure and gold's got to go up because we know the national debt's not going to come down. Right. Or there's this normal relationship that the rubber band is and the price of gold and, and the debt are closer together. Let, let's look into this report done by in gold we trust and ironically the federal reserve bank of st louis so here's the report it says every year it's the government spending will exceed revenue and they will continue to borrow money the report shows that back in 1970 before we were taken off a gold standard that the public debt has risen annually every year since 1970, except for 2000 when Bill Clinton was in right. office. We had a surplus for that blip. Some people say it's just a fabrication of numbers. <laughs> Maybe. When we look back in 1970, the national debt was only $370 million <laughs> and an ounce of gold was $35. Could we go back to the good old days? Amen. We Our currency in 1971 is backed by gold. The government can just spend in oblivion, and the Fed could not print money out of thin air. And if we would have remained there, you will see where we should be today. But we didn't do that. Nixon took us off a gold standard. And today, $32.3 trillion, not counting the unfunded liabilities, which is also accumulated, Gold is that $1,930 thereabouts. So there is a correlation on this. The U.S. debt has risen. The government will continue to overspend. The Fed will continue to print. And right now, in correlation, the gold to value to the debt, gold is undervalued because the debt's gone up so much. Right. We just talked about right. that. Gold has actually pulled back a little bit, and we could see gold pull back maybe a hair more, maybe. 
Um, but we're getting close to the bottom is what a report said recently, if we're not there already. So this tells me that gold is undervalued in relationship to our national debt. Right. So this is a buying opportunity. Historically speaking. Historically speaking. It also tells us that as the government continues to overspend, and we are seeing that on the national debt clock, they're going to spend like crazy. This tells us we will have more than likely, there's nothing absolute in any investing, but more than likely we will have much higher prices in gold. There's a guy who's an economist, Edgen von Geyser. He is now calling for a major revaluation of the gold and precious metals markets are eminent. The title of the article goes in depth and he explains how the government spending is going to dictate this. He's saying how the Federal Reserve can't get us out of this mess. We will have more financial, everything we talked about, yeah. bank problems. Every, he's summarizing, he's an economist. But he also says this new currency could really change the whole scope of everything because it's the only currency that will be backed partially by gold, which is coming out in just two months from now. Now, unless something changes and they backtrack, backpedal, he's saying if this happens, this will cause all kinds of changes detrimental to the United States. Hmm. This is why he's saying, and he says this in the article, he says, the government right now, snap your fingers, they can go into debt as much as they want. The Federal Reserve, right now, snap your fingers. They can print as much money endlessly as they want. Yep. And those two things are probably not going to change. But you can't get a whole bunch of gold out of the ground. Right. And in the last 50 years, we've mined most of the gold out of the ground. And he goes into depth and he says, we haven't had one mine in the last four years producing a million ounces of gold. So there's a shortage in the gold market compared to previous decades upon mm -hmm. decades which creates this fantastic environment why you he says everybody should own this is the economist saying everybody should own some gold right. he's just he's, crunching numbers he's not running a yeah he's metal crunching business. numbers yeah he's saying that the only reasons you should not own gold is there are no deficits there's no balanced budget or excuse me there is a balanced yeah, budget yeah there, he says another reason there's no inflation or neg negligent inflation. He says there's no debasement of currencies, and there's a strong <laughs> statementship based upon real long-term values. In that environment, until we get there, you got to own some gold is what he's saying. So, yeah. so he's, this is why he, we talk about He's this. saying here, in, a, in an uh, incredibly healthy economic environment, don't yes. worry about gold. Exactly. Well, by the time we get to that, David— uh, the roads will be paved in gold, and I won't care. Exactly, <laughs> You're exactly right. That's why, as you say, we live in the here and the now, and the here and the now dictates to be a good stewards, a portion to seven, a portion to yep. eight, because you do not know what tragedy may befall you. And when that tragedy does come, and it's we're on the, the right. heels oh, of yeah. this getting ready to happen, they will have to do something aggressive, seize our 401k, our IRA, our bank accounts, default on the financial obligations. All those do depict the higher prices in gold. This is not a get-rich-quick scheme. This is just a security play. You have life insurance, right. health insurance, car insurance, homeless insurance. Get some wealth insurance. Call my company and learn about that. Well, this is wild. Our buddy uh, TJ on Facebook Live said, did you see the Kansas City Fed is out with a paper that suggests Three to four more years of 5% funds and balance sheet contraction will be necessary to fully tame inflation. Three, three. I've been saying. Three Steve, to four that more years. 
Yes, I've been saying it's not going to happen in six months. Yeah, people are like, hey, the interest rates are going to start coming down by Christmas. Next year, I'm back in the housing market. This is going to be awesome. No, you you live in, in, in like a Disney movie or something. That's just uh, so detached from reality. It's remarkable. And, and that's why we have to continue to have these conversations. And again, uh, and I know, David, you're not here peddling fear. I'm not here peddling no. fear. We haven't been given a spirit of fear but of love, power, and a sound mind. People perish for lack of wisdom and knowledge, and that's why you have to consider these things. That's why we talk about these things, and all with the hope and the assurance of our faith in Christ and our future and glory, right? <clears throat> but again, like I said, and like you just said, uh, we live in the here and the now, so we have to be good stewards of what we do have, be it a little or a lot or somewhere in between. And, and that's why this kind of information is so important so that we don't get caught flat-footed because then we're the, we're the steward that's not paying attention to the signs of the times. And, and more than likely, that report, if we have one more year of high, inflate, high interest rates, it will cause a banking crisis. It right. will cause a recession. We won't be able to go three or five years like this report is saying. It won't. Something will break. Yeah, something has to give. Right. Yeah. And that's, so why that's why when, you want to have this done beforehand. Two years, I'd rather be two years early, two days too late to this financial right. storm we're getting ready to have. Yeah. So when people uh, contact you, just some of the basic education they're going to get, because I know you've got, you know, we've talked over the years about the white papers that you've done, the good and the bad and the ugly and, and the coming bail in. Uh, there's the information packet. But but what are kind of the basics of the education, if it's going to be the first time they contact you, what are you really kind of trying to get them to understand? So the first contact usually entails, uh, we get their information to send out this inf a packet out to them because they can, you know, read it on the, put it on their coffee table. And usually there's some sort of an interactive conversation. The, the person contacting us has four or five, you know, two to five questions and they, they get their answers and they go, okay, thank you very much. And then, Usually what happens is a couple of weeks later or some period of time in the near future, usually that or longer. Yeah. Um, there's another contact between the two of us. And, you know, we're not here to make your phone ring off the hook or anything. Yeah. We want to make sure you got the packet, had any questions. And usually at that point, the person, this is almost always what said, oh, wow, I read the report. I didn't think it was as bad as you were right. saying on the radio yeah, that knowledge the facts and figures just blew me away yeah, they need knowledge we need education and that's what uh, this is all about every single week when david is with us it's about education but to take that next step to get into that conversation david what do they do simple way just give us a call 844-604-2575 again the number 844-604-2575 or they can go to our website landmarkgold.com awesome god bless you brother we'll talk to you again real soon this is steve noble on the steve noble show like my father always used